We're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 47. You know, in today's world, we are, we are coming up on right at a year since the whole world locked down. We are, we are right at one year since the whole world locked down because of coronavirus. The whole world, everybody, locks down because of fear. Amen? Amen. For a year we've been living with this. For a year, for a year, the government has been telling you what you can and what you cannot do. Amen. Amen. For a year, the government has been telling the church what you can and cannot do. Amen. Amen. And that's not just in Kenya, that's all over the world. All over the world, government said. No church. And the church said, okay. And the church became quiet. Amen? Amen. We are at about a year since that began. Have you ever wondered, what do we do when the world goes crazy? What do we do when what we thought everything was, it all falls apart? The things we thought about life and about the world, it all falls to pieces. Have you ever wondered that? Yes. In the last year, more people have asked questions like that than ever before. The whole world has been under this reign of coronavirus. Businesses aren't there anymore. Even big businesses, they're gone. Like Tuskies. Tuskies has been a big business in Kenya for many years. It's gone. Thousands of jobs lost in Kenya. So much income and things that are good for the economy lost. Amen? Amen. And that's just one example. Amen? Amen. There are many, many examples. There are so many people that have been asking, what in the world is going on? What do we do? Families no longer, no longer have income. Families that began Kenyan businesses, now the businesses, they're gone. And it's not just a problem in Kenya, it's all over the world. What do we do? When everything falls down. Where do we go? When our family has no more income. What do we do when everything we thought was good, it fell apart? You know, Ezekiel, he went through some of the same things. Amen? When Ezekiel was written, it was about 600 years before Christ. When Ezekiel was written, all of Israel had been defeated. And they had gone into slavery. It might not have been the coronavirus. But they were slaves 
Just like we have been a slave to the coronavirus. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do because of coronavirus. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. But you've listened to the government for a long time. You've listened to the government when they tell you you have to wear a mask. You said, okay, I'll wear a mask. When the government said, social distancing, stay. We rearranged our chairs to try to comply with the government. Amen. Amen. I'm here to tell you today there's a hope much bigger than the government. Amen. There's a hope that lasts forever. If we just know where to look. If we just want to look at God's word, God gives us that hope. Amen. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 47. Verse 1. Now this is a time when Ezekiel has a vision or a dream. You might remember the dream that Ezekiel had about the dry bones. That dream, the dry bones, they rise up and they come back together to bring new life. Amen. Amen. This is later in the same vision, the same dream. Amen. Amen. Chapter 47, verse 1. It says, The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. Badai, akanileta tena mpaka lango la nyumba. Natazama maji yalitoka chini ya kizingiti cha nyumba kwa njia ya mashariki. Maana upande wa mbele wa nyumba ulielekea upande wa mashariki. Nayo maji yakashuka toka chini ya upande wa kiume wa nyumba Verse 2. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around to the outside to the outer gate facing east and the water was flowing from the south gate. Amen. Amen. In these two verses, we have something interesting. Ezekiel, he sees the temple of God. And he sees water coming out from underneath the temple. And that water is flowing. Now, a lot of people will tell you this is the same, this is a very similar vision to what John sees in Revelation. I want to tell you there's some differences between what we'll we'll look at Revelation in just a minute. But there's some differences between the vision in Revelation and this one. Now, 
It says, as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. Verse 4 says, He measured another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Yes. And he measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. Amen. Verse 5, it says he measured off another thousand. But now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. Now I was curious. Yes. I was curious. I was very interested. The Bible says he measured a thousand cubits. What in the world is a thousand cubits? So I started doing some research. A thousand cubits is about 450 kilometers. 450 kilometers will get us to Mombasa. Amen? Amen. So when the Bible says the first level of water it's ankle deep. It's only this deep. And it will take us from here to Mombasa. <laughs> then, the water is another 450 kilometers and it's knee deep. Then another 450 kilometers and it's up to our waist now. And then another 450 kilometers and it's deep enough we can swim. I want to tell you this is a picture of our faith. Amen. Amen. When you first receive Jesus and you say, I want my life to be committed to Jesus, that I want to follow Him. You're not ready to do the biggest thing for God yet. Amen. Your faith is new. 
If God says I want you to walk across the water like Peter did. Wakati Mungu anakwambia nataka upite kwa maji jinsi ilivyokuwa Peter. And you just got saved today. Na umeokoka leo. If if you get saved today and I take you down to the Enzoi and I say okay, walk across the river. Kama umeokoka leo na nakupeleka kule Livantoela nikwambie tembea katika huo mto utavuke. Your faith is not ready for that yet. Imani yako haijakuwa tayari. Amen. Amen. When you first get saved, you need the ankle deep water. So that you can get in the water and you can feel what it's like to walk with God all around you. You can learn that I'm not going to drown in my faith. You can learn that it's safe to trust God. Amen. Amen. But as you take those small steps of faith, you walk in the shallow water. Like a child. Eventually you're ready for something bigger. And so God says, after you've gone a ways in the shallow water. He says, come a little deeper. Walk a little deeper in your faith. Don't know where the water is up to your knees. Take a little bit bigger step of faith. Trust me a little more. I know you're afraid of the water, but just trust me a little more. Amen. Amen. And as a young boy or a young girl, you begin to feel safe. And eventually God says, Now, come a little deeper. Now the water is up to your waist. Now your faith is to the point where you can't see the bottom anymore. Now you're beginning to really trust God. Amen. Amen. God says, Come. And because you were in the ankle deep water, and then you were in the knee deep water, now he's calling you into the waist deep water where you need to trust him more and you're able to trust him. Amen. Amen. And eventually God says, Now, I want you to come where you can't touch the bottom anymore. I want you to come to a place where you can no longer trust your income. I want you to come to that place where you can't count on your family to bail you out anymore. There's no job to bail you out. There's no income to bail you out. There's no family to bail you out. There's no friends that are going to bail you out. And you don't even have your pastor to bail you out now. I just need you to trust God. Even though you're afraid of the water because your faith has grown from ankle deep to knee deep to waist deep, now you can swim with God. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you something about faith and true belief. I've taken... I don't know, probably 20 of the children from Strong Point to baptize them. Yes. I've taken probably 20 of the children from Strong Point to be baptized. And even some of our Messiah, they've gone and they've been baptized. Amen? Amen. 
Let me tell you, there were a few of them that were scared to death of the water. When wobbling, you're wobbling in the gear behind Amen? Amen. <laughs> scared to death because they think they're going to drown. And I didn't take them to a baptismal pool back here where you can see the bottom. Yes. yes. We went down the hill to the Enzoia. Where they're afraid that there's a kiboko in the water. They see the water. They see the water moving and they know that water could pull them away from me. But yet, God says we're to have a childlike faith. God says we are to have a childlike faith. When I say just come and take my head and we come down into the water. They are trusting not just me that I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to let go. Mm, yes. They trust God enough that they want to be obedient. Amen? Amen. This is how our faith should be. We go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in our faith. To the point that God says, now come do this and there's no way anyone can bail you out. For some, maybe God says go to Kenya. Yes. Maybe God says go to Kenya. Maybe God says sell everything you have because you don't need it anymore. And go to a place where you don't have a job that will pay for your bills anymore. Live in a house that you can't pay for. Bring your children to a foreign place where the medical care is not as good as it is in America. If they get sick, you just have to trust me. Amen. Amen. Maybe God says the same thing to you one of these days. Maybe he says, I need you to come. I want you to quit your job. I want you to leave your family. And I want you to go to a place where the only thing you can trust is me. Amen? Amen. If you've not been in the ankle deep water, the knee deep water, and the waist deep water, when God brings you to that point, you'll say, I'm not ready. Amen? Amen. This is our faith. Amen. Amen. The water gets deeper and deeper to protect us so that we trust Him even more. Now, verse 6. It says, He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then He led me back to the bank of the river. Six. Ezekiel 47. And verse 7, it says, When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. Amen. Amen. The first thing that Ezekiel sees is the temple, which is us. Then he sees that river. The living waters that flow out of us. Then he sees trees. 
What does it mean to see trees? Turn with me, if you will, to Psalms chapter 1. Yes? Psalms chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Yes. Verse 3, he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. But it also says in verse confirms it for us. Psalms confirms that for us. Amen? Now, I want you to go, skip. We're going to come back to the verses we're skipping, but I want you to see something. Back in Ezekiel, now verse 12. It says, Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will, will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. <laughs>
Amen? Amen. Now Ezekiel is seeing the same thing. He's seeing that there are trees by this stream of living water. Except there's a difference. In Ezekiel it says that the trees that are there, they're feeding from that river of life. It's because of that river of life that the trees are healthy. Amen. Amen. Let me help you understand this. The river of life is keeping those trees healthy. If the trees represent men and women of God, and the river of life is at least partially your walk of faith, then Ezekiel is saying that your walk of faith will help feed the men and women of God to grow strong. Yeah. Yes. You should be bold enough in your faith that you can walk into the bar 
and say, Brother, I've been where you are. You should be able to go to those who are struggling yes. and give your faith testimony. Yes. You know, we've talked about it before. The majority of people in church are women. Amen. Amen. The majority of people in this church, not just in Kenya, Kenya, even in America. Yes. We are wife of Christ. Amen. Amen. Those men who are here. Yes. Yes. We should be going out. And finding the other men who are missing. The husbands who are missing. Yes. The sons and fathers who are not here right now. We should be finding them and saying, you know, I was where you are. I didn't want to go to church either. Yes. But you know, God loves you even though you don't want to be in his house. Yes. God loves you even though you don't want to be in his house. He brought me up. Let him bring you up. Yes. Amen. Yes. yes. We should be bringing others to Jesus. The Bible tells us by the power of our testimony. Amen. Amen. The word of God and the power of your testimony is what reaches people. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. So, our faith, this river, the trees, it's to bring others up. But it's more than that. Amen. Amen. It says that we will produce fruit in season. Amen. Mm. And much like the water, the living water helps feed the trees. The fruit, matunda, the fruit of the spirit, matunda Those things in our lives that yeah. should be coming out. Yeah. If you love and follow Jesus, that fruit should be coming. Yes. You don't need a class to yes. tell you about the fruits of the Spirit. They just come. If we grow a mango tree out here, no one has to go preach to the mango tree. It's time to make fruit. Yes. No. The mango tree produces mangoes. It's the same way with the fruits of the Spirit. No one should have to preach at you about joy. No one should have to preach at you about love. All the other fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, all of them. If Christ lives in you, those things just come out. The fruit naturally grows on the tree. Because the fruit is coming out in your life, other people can feed on that. Amen. Other people can take that fruit of joy that's coming out of your life and they can eat some of that joy and it becomes contagious. Yes. Amen. But it also says something about the leaves. It says the leaves will not wither. That means it doesn't matter how old you are. Where's my other elderly folks? Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. 
That's a lie from the enemy. Your leaves, your leaves never wither. Yes. And not only do your leaves never wither. It says their leaves are for healing. Your leaves, the leaves in your life, the fruit will feed others, the joy, the love, the patience, all of those things will help feed those around you. But when Christ is in you, the leaves of your life will bring healing to those around you. Yes. Amen. Because you live in a state of love and joy and all the Can I help you? Can I tell you about Jesus? Amen. Amen. Your leaves never live. And they, they've been given to you to bring healing all around Now I want to go back to the part we skipped. In verse 8. Verse 8. Ezekiel 47. Yes. Yeah, Ezekiel 47. It says, He said to me, This water flows toward the the water there becomes fresh. Amen. Yeah. Let me give you a picture of what they're talking about here. The Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea because it's so salty, things can't live in it. Yes. The Dead Sea is a picture of death. Yeah. If you take fish and you put them in the Dead Sea, they all die. Yes. The Dead Sea is so salty. Plants don't live, fish don't live, animals don't live. It's so salty that if you get in it, you actually don't even sink, you float. Yes. Amen. 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 The Dead Sea is so salty, there's no life in it. But this river of life that's flowing out of the temple, which is you, it makes the water fresh. Amen. Amen. The streams of river, the streams of living water that flow out of you are to bring life to the world around you. Your life should change the life of those around you. Just like the fruit should come naturally in your life. The streams of living water that Jesus promised should affect everyone around you. You have no control over it. It comes out of you and then it starts making those around you. It brings life. 
hauwezi kujadili yeye huwa zinatoka tu na zinasaidia watu walio karibu na wewe amen You've been called to change the world around you. Yes. Amen. You've not been called to live a quiet life in the village. Yeah. If you know Jesus, you're not called to a quiet life. You are called to change the world around you. Amen. Amen. That's a big demand. But notice the river of life comes naturally. Just like the fruit comes out of your life naturally. Amen? Amen. The life that comes out of you should be changing the lives of those around you. Amen? Amen. Verse 9. We're almost done. It says swarms of living creatures. They live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Songa manacho kila mahali itakapofika mito mito hiyo kitaishi maana maji yale yatakaponyeka na kila na kila kitu kitaishi popote utakapofikilia mto huo yes and verse 10 says fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Ineglen There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be many kinds like the fish of the great sea. Tena itakuwa wavuvi watasimama karibu nao toka engedi mpaka engilaimu atakuwa na mahali pa kutandazia nyavu. Samaki wao watakuwa wanamna zao mbalimbali kama samaki wa bahari kubwa wengi sana. Amen. Amen. Now, this tells us that where the river is, there will, life will come. But it says there will be many fish of many kinds. And there will be fishermen standing on the side. Amen. 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 What does this mean? <laughs> what did Jesus tell the apostles when he called them? Jesus said, Come, follow me, and I will make you what? I will make you fishers of men. Amen? Amen. Your life will be changed. But not just your life will be changed. I'll make you fishers of men. That will bring men into the kingdom of God. So that 
others around you. Now we can work together and fish. And we can bring in every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Amen? Amen. That's what we are called to. We are not called to that quiet life where I've got a good job and I've got a good family and everything's okay and I just live my quiet life. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, I want to wrap up by just showing you something that comes a little bit later in Ezekiel's vision. The temple, that's us. The river, our walk of faith. The trees, men and women of God. And because it's the river of life, it's God's river. It brings life everywhere it goes. Yes. It feeds others by the fruit. It brings healing everywhere it goes. And it produces a harvest. Yes. Because we all become fishermen together. Yes. Amen. Amen. And I want to show you at the end of this chapter what Ezekiel says. After this part of the vision, the, the vision Ezekiel has continues and he begins talking about land. And I know in Kenya, land is an important thing. So I want you to see what happens, what Ezekiel says about land. At the end of chapter 47, verse 21. He says, you are to distribute the land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel. You are to allot it as an inheritance for yourselves. Stop there. Doesn't this sound like Kenya? We're to divide the land as an inheritance for each other. You're to divide your land as an inheritance for your sons and your sons and your sons. Amen? Amen. But look what Ezekiel says. Also for the aliens who have settled among you and who have children, you are to consider them as native-born Israelites. Bas? 22. Not one of us in this room. None of us are an Israelite. None of us are an Israelite. There's not one person in this room who's an Israelite. None of you, not me, none of us are Israelites. Amen? Amen. Because the Israelites are a race of people. They're, they're, they are Jewish people. Yes. Amen? Amen. None of you are a Jew. I'm not a Jew. Amen. Amen. You are either born a Jew 
or you were born not a Jew. Ulizaliwa mnyamudi ama ukuzaliwa mnyamudi. Yes. Amen. Amen. Just like you were born a Luyan mm. or you were born Luo mm. or whatever. Jindi tu unaweza kuulizaliwa Muluya ama ulizaliwa Mjaluo. You are born that way. You don't choose. For the Israelites, you were born a Jew. You were born an Israelite. Ezekiel says those who come in later, they have the same inheritance as a true Israelite. They have the same inheritance as a true Israelite. Amen. 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 Now, here's something that I, because of the work that I do with the children's home. Here's something I see all the time that we have to work with families to try to help them understand things. Amen. Okay. Here's something that we see in Kenya all the time. These two, they are married. Amen. Amen. They have two children. Amen. Amen. Now, he goes away. He runs away and no one knows where he is. Now me, I get married to this one. Amen? Amen. I don't want your children though. <laughs> Amen? Amen? You know it's true. It happens all the time. We have to work with families all the time to try to help them work through some of these things. Yeah. God says those who come in from outside. You are to treat them like an Israelite. God says that if there's a hundred people sitting in this church and not one of them is a Jew. God says you're an Israelite in my eyes. Yes, Yes. Amen. Amen. You are adopted into my family just as if you're my own son. Amen. Amen. You are mine. Just like Abraham was mine. Amen. 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 And so when we start looking at things like the river of life and the fish, every nation, every tribe, every tongue. It's important to understand that God embraces each and every one. There's no barrier in God's family. We could go through the Bible and give example after example after example. But I'll give you just one. Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Rahab was not an Israelite. She was a prostitute in a non-Jewish city. But if you read God's word, she is in the bloodline of Jesus. Rahab, who's not an Israelite and a prostitute, she's in the bloodline of our Savior. Amen. Amen. And it does matter. It matters because when you're bringing this life to the world around you, if I go to the bar and I want to minister to those who are drunkards, yes. I have to understand that God loves them as much as He loves me. God wants to save them just like He saved me. God. And when He saves them, 
like a child of God as I am. Even if they haven't quit drinking yet. Even if they haven't quit drinking yet. Even if they haven't stopped being a drunkard yet, if they receive Christ, they are now part of God's family. Yes. yes. Amen. Amen. When you got saved, did you never sin again? Yes. No, we sin more, more, more. We all sin. Amen. But a lot of times what happens is in the church, yes. we think we've got it all together now. And we see the drunkard, we see the prostitute, we see the people doing drugs or whatever it is. And we think, my, I'm good because I know God and, and, and they're no good. Amen. Amen. God calls you to go to them. Yes. And bring that river of life. Bring that fruit of the Spirit. Bring those leaves of healing. And let God do the work. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's the life God calls us to. Amen. Amen. Let's pray.